Flight 229, you're clear for takeoff. Just like a flight plan, you have to know where you're going and how you will get there when you plan for retirement. Let Ryan Fleming help you chart out a course for your retirement with his intimate knowledge of financial planning and the airline industry. It's time for the Pilot's Advisor. Time to rock and roll once again here on the Pilot's Advisor. Walter Sorholt alongside Ryan Fleming, advisor at Fleming Financial Group, serving you all across the world, but based out of Charleston, South Carolina. You can find us and subscribe to the podcast and find past episodes all at FlemingFG.com. That's FlemingFG.com. How are you today, Mr. Pilot? I'm hanging in there. I uh, got my go-go juice here, had a coffee, and I'm, I'm awake, so that's good. Could I have sounded any less like a pilot right there? Hello, Mr. Pilot. And that, you, I'm sure, I kind of giggled inside. I'm sure you've you never know. greeted another pilot as goofy as that. But uh, what's the cool way? If I want to say hey to a pilot in a cool way, what's the? I've got a brother-in-law who's a pilot, so I need a, I need an inside tip. What's a cool little phrase I can say to him? You're asking the wrong guy. Now, what I would would tell you to do is go to YouTube and Google "Living the Dream." And what it is, it's like these Lego guys, and some pilot put it together where they're like showing all the aspects of being a pilot that totally suck. Okay. Nice. <laughs> yeah, Cause people, people only see much like NFL players. People only see the, the limelight, the good stuff like, Oh my God, it'd be so cool for this or that. You know, they don't get to see all the behind the scenes stuff that we deal with. And so living the dream is something you should definitely check out. Okay. I'll Google it. I'll check it out for sure. Very neat. Um, and then that'll give me some good info for the next time around. Try and try exactly. and talk the and, lingo. And, and, and as far as uh, yeah, make, you know, greeting a pilot cool. I don't really have an answer for that. I guess just call him Maverick or something like that. There you go. Hey, Iceman. Iceman. <laughs> there you go. You've always got the good goodbyes, right? Like keep the shiny side down, and you know you've got better sayings on the goodbye side than the hello side. I just try to have fun. As a matter of fact, I just had a friend of mine call me yesterday. Thank you, Sean, for letting me know that you enjoyed my podcast and you're listening to a lot of them and that you don't like my dorky little things I say at the end. <laughs> hey, not everybody's going to love him, but that's all right. Uh, at least he <laughs> he cared about you enough to call you and let you know, right? Honesty is the best policy. So I guess so. Fantastic. Well, we've got some great things to talk about on today's show, Ryan. We're going to talk a little bit about retirement constants. All right. So these are these things that affect everybody, right? There are certainly variables in retirement planning, you know, things that affect you differently than they affect me, but then the constants kind of affect us all the same. And so no matter our specifics or our situation, we can kind of at least expect these constants to be, you know, hitting us all the same way. And so we can kind of battle against them together and kind of draw together and have a plan against some of these insidious effects on our financial and retirement plan. So we're going to talk about those on today's show. And uh, one that I can think of that kind of hits everybody the same way, Ryan, is something like inflation, right? I mean, we can expect inflation. I don't know. You probably have a good idea of the average rate we can expect. I know it, it fluctuates over time, but in general, we're going to face inflation over the long period of time that we're planning for retirement. Yeah. The whole reason why we invest is whatever money we have now, we, we need to beat inflation. So it, we still have the buying power later on. And you know, yes, it's not linear. And I always account for about 3% when I factor in inflation. And so, you know, what we really mean on that is, okay, so say our money earns 9% over the long term, you got to take 3% out of that. And really what you're netting is 6% because $100,000, you know, 10 years from now is not worth $100,000. 
it's worth about $70,000. So you have to factor that in any of your uh, retirement planning budgets or monthly budget. And it's a tough one because it doesn't seem to make that big of a deal over a short period of time, right? Like a, a 3% raise in prices. Okay, so milk is, you know, 279 instead of 249 or I, I don't know if that's exactly 3%, but just kind of throwing out an example, you don't really feel that. But if you start to expand that over the course of 10 years, well, your average grocery bill of going from, you know, maybe 100 or $200 each week at the grocery store, you're going to be dropping $500 when you go to the grocery store 10, 15, 20 years from now. Death by a thousand paper cuts. Yes, yes. Because it's not just the grocery store, then it's the gas, then it's everything is going well, and, to cost And I think more. that's the easy one to talk about that people really kind of go, oh my gosh, I didn't realize. But you remember when gas was below a dollar? I mean, I remember when it was like 89 cents. And I think you got a couple of years on me, Walter. Do you remember? How low do you remember it being? I think uh, when I first started driving at 16... Mm, I want to say, I don't know if I've ever seen under a dollar, but definitely way under $2. I'd say maybe $1.50 was the average price. I'll, I'll look that up here over the next minute or two. I'll Google it real quick while you're answering the next question. But I think it was definitely reasonable, like under $2, something like that. Yeah. Well, and, and baseball cards, I mean, they used to be like, I think, 50 cents. I mean, I know it was under a dollar. And, you know, now I think and it's And you got a piece even- of bubble gum with it. Yeah, and I, now I think if people, if kids even collect baseball cards, I I remember them being like two ninety nine. I'm like, whoa, how is some kid going to afford this? Yeah, that's true. That's and especially since those things aren't really even valuable anymore, it doesn't seem like the prices should be going up very much. Uh, I just looked it up. So yeah, retail gasoline price average dollars per gallon. Hey, I was pretty much on point. It was a dollar fifty nine back in two thousand three? As I think when I started driving. So. There you go. Oh gosh, I'm a, I'm much older than you. <laughs> God, I, don't, I was 16, I guess, back in '95. '95, okay. Yeah. Well, wow. not not even a decade. Oh wait, yeah, yeah, not even a decade. See, that's not that yeah. bad. Well, in any event, so with but right there, hey, there's a great. So just in that, what eight years? You said it was under a dollar, right? And so oh, yeah, then by quite two, certain it was by 2003. Eight years later, we're already up in north of a dollar fifty, and then. A big jump in 04, average price up to almost 190. So we almost hit that $2 mark. Yep. So pretty amazing to see. And well and well over $2 now. Yeah. Well, and then we remember just a couple of years ago when we thought it was going to be, you know, over five and never come back down. That was certainly uh, not a fun time to be one who was, that was when I was working three or four jobs too, Ryan. So I was driving all over the place. I was logging, I was logging 20, 25,000 miles a year on the old vehicle. So a lot was coming out of the pocket back then. Now I, I walk three feet to work and work out of the home office most days. So I, I wish now would be fine if gas prices were higher because <laughs> don't have to <laughs> drive very far yeah. these days. You know, another one that I've seen it and, and maybe this was just because my upbringing where I didn't really have a formal come home and eat dinner with a family, unfortunately. But I remember in high school living off of, and this is, you know, makes me want to puke now, but living off of fast food. And I remember like all the fast food joints back then had a dollar menu. You know, you could get a Whopper for 99 cents or five for five or what have you. And that's not the case at all anymore. It still exists, but the dollar menu has shrunk quite a bit, right? Like it's a very limited offering on those dollar menus at most of those places. Well, the the burger is like a quarter of the size of what it used to be. They, they right. just keep making the bun smaller, the piece of meat smaller. Little sliders. I, I, I leave a lot of latitude when I say meat. Yes, yes. Well, now the thing is to not have meat, right? Yeah. The, the beyond, well, when, beyond, we're, we're beyond meat. We're beyond meat now. 
<laughs> okay, I got us totally off track now. What's next? <laughs> All right, we'll get it back on the rails. Uh, but yeah, inflation. Uh, hey, you can see how it sparks good conversation when you start talking about the prices of things. So that's one retirement constant that's going to hit all of us. Another one, Ryan, would be uh, rising taxes. This is something we can expect in the future, right? Absolutely. I think we did a few weeks back, we did a whole show on Roth versus non-Roth. And taxes are, are at a historic low. And I think that they can only go up in the future. And when you're taking money, like income out of your accounts in retirement, you have to factor in taxes. And the sad part is, I don't know what the tax rates are going to be in the future, but um, it's definitely something to plan for or factor in. With 10,000 baby boomers retiring every year, and all of them starting to pull from Social Security, I feel like taxes have to go up for us to just keep funding that plan. Um, I think the plan will still be around. It just might be a reduced plan. But no matter what, I think taxes are going to ha have to go up. What do you think, Walter? I mean, it's certainly what I'm hearing from you is that we're at historically low rates. And so there's really only one way that we can, one direction we can go when we take in all those factors that we've talked about on on previous shows, of course. So uh, you're, you're saying, though, the way to plan for that is to, well, just do that. Plan for it. I mean, it's not rocket science. You just have to say, okay, just like the inflation, we need to assume this you know, 3% rate, the only way you can really mess up the whole inflation part of your retirement plan is to not account for it, right? Same with rising taxes. If you're not planning for taxes, then that's the big mistake here. Yeah, Walter, it really reminds me of a, a great book that I think is a good read. It's very easy to read and it's called The Power of Zero. And it's talking about the 0% tax bracket in retirement. Um, and it, it's really showing people why it's a good idea to try to, to move as much of your money as possible into the after-tax portfolio bucket or Roth money, simply because it talks about all the different reasons why taxes will probably go up in the future. I don't remember who wrote that offhand, but it's called The Power of Zero. Was that the David McKnight? Does that sound right? You got it. That's it. David, David McKnight, The Power of Zero. We'll put a link to the Power of Zero book in the uh, description of today's show in case you want to go check that book out. Uh, we'll put a link in it in the description. Uh, so yeah, I'm glad you remembered because I know we. I know I talked about that in uh, one of our past episodes. So it's for some reason the name stuck in my head. Usually I'm not good with names and authors and that kind of thing, but for some reason that one is stuck in there. So yeah, there you go. The Power of Zero, all about taxes, some good information in that book. Uh, definitely a good resource to check out. Uh, market volatility, I've got to throw out there as being one of these things that is a retirement constant. Now, I'm sure we've got some folks saying, wait, wait, wait hold on a second. Volatility in by nature is not constant. So how can that possibly be a retirement constant? Well, market volatility is always going to be there. And what I talk about is when you retire, you're hoping that you're in a market that is up so that you're pulling out less of what you have in your retirement portfolio to handle your, your monthly expenses. Because it gets in a really bad situation when you retire when the market's down. And so for that $4,000 that you might need each month, you're, you're having to sell more and more of what you have in your portfolio. And uh, I think we've talked about it before about the sequence of returns risk. So retiring in a down market can really, really hurt you. And this is why I think that, you know, saving for retirement and actually putting the money away, the accumulation phase is actually the easy part. The distribution phase in retirement is when you really, really need a financial professional there to help you out because you need to reanalyze how your picture is looking probably twice a year. Yeah, that's a great point, Ryan. And we would be remiss if we didn't mention the fact that 
Healthcare is one of those retirement constants that affects everybody as well. Now, we may all be affected to different extents, but the constant is that as we are all living longer and staying in retirement longer and uh, we're, we're finding new ways to kind of keep us pieced together longer, Ryan, we're going to have increasing healthcare needs to some extent in retirement. And we've got to factor in for that because as of right now, the prices don't look like those are going to stabilize or level off or anything like that anytime soon. Yeah, I've seen something that I think has changed going forward. I see a lot more families digging into their retirement savings to help kids with their college expenses. And then they're hoping that the kids are going to take care of them in retirement. And even from a, a health standpoint, because you know they're not going to be able to afford long-term care. With all that being said, I also see that many retirees are getting jobs that will give them some sort of healthcare benefit because they can't afford to make the payments for their healthcare option. You know, so that's a big thing. I, th- I think you see people trying or wanting to retire at 60, but they have no way to pay for healthcare to bridge the gap to full retirement age. Last but not least, let's throw out fees and commissions. One more retirement constant that's going to affect everybody. You know, these are the costs associated with, uh, with all sorts of things in the financial world. How do you minimize those costs for folks, Ryan, or maybe maximize the value that you're getting in exchange for what you're paying? Maybe that's a better question. Well, I 100% because I've seen it so many times, you get what you pay for. If you're not paying anything, you're not getting anything. And I think us being fee conscious is always something to discuss. Thankfully, the industry right now is constantly working on reducing fees. And and a way to think about this is the more we can reduce a fee for a client, we're building that back into the return so that you know their, their money can grow, which is good for everyone. Fees and commissions are definitely a, a big, big part of any analysis that you're looking at. And if you're having that, that conversation, it's a very good conversation to have. Um, something that I hate that's brought up recently that I was discussing with a client where they had a fixed income annuity, which really is great. And the annuity is not supposed to cost them anything, quote unquote, not cost them anything. Well, our market's up, what, 16, 17%, however you want to look at it this year. And their upside is capped at 5%. And so they're giving back over 11% to that insurance company this year. And when you start multiplying that 11% by the account value of that annuity, it makes you really sick to your stomach. So that is a fee, not let alone the commission you paid to get into that annuity. If you can't tell, I don't like annuities. Yeah, it's a big conversation. I know that uh, the different investment products that are out there, there are so many different tools at the disposal of an investor and of an advisor these days. That's why so many people have trouble getting a grasp on what works for them, what doesn't work for them, what are the pros and cons of everything. And I know that's where your job comes in, Ryan, to help people kind of understand all those moving parts. Well, we have inflation, rising taxes, market volatility, healthcare, fees and commissions, just some of the things that we talked about on today's show. Some big topics and some important topics that all relate to the benefit of proper planning when it comes to retirement and your financial future. If you want to learn more about these things, as well as some of the other key retirement planning elements, I invite you to go to pilotsadvisor.com. That's pilotsadvisor.com. That's where you can watch a webinar on the uh, academic approach to investing that Ryan takes, showing you how not to speculate and gamble with your money. It's a 10-minute video. It's based on Nobel Prize winning research uh, that helps you kind of understand some more of the philosophies that go into the planning process and how to best prepare 
for your financial future and retirement. It's at pilotsadvisor.com. You can go watch it now or uh, check it out later if you uh, aren't able to listen at this exact moment. But check the description of today's show. We'll put a link in there uh, for you to access pilotsadvisor.com and uh, easily go and watch that webinar and video and find out some more great information. Well, Ryan, that is uh, all the time that we have for on today's podcast. I know you've got to go catch a flight, so uh, we'll let you go and uh, fly safe, and we'll look forward to talking to you next time. As always, thank you very much, Walter. You have a a great holiday season with your family. You do as well. That's Ryan Fleming. I'm Walter Storholt. Thanks for taking the time to join us. We'll talk to you again on the next edition of The Pilot's Advisor. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.